Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve, and welcome to my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Well, today is May 8, 2023. It's currently 2.09 a.m. in the freaking morning. What the hell am I doing up? I'm talking to you folks, I guess, right? Well, I just got finished watching a Netflix special, a Netflix documentary called Waco. I think that's what it's called. It's about those uh, Branch Davidians over there in Texas that got killed by our government. Oh my God, it, that, that was painful to watch. It just goes to show you, even then, back in the 90s, when I was uh, just getting out of high school, uh, they still didn't know what the hell they were doing. Uh, Janet Reno, Bill Clinton, the FBI, the ATF, uh, they, their blood is on their hands, I have to say that. Um, and uh, you know th- that documentary was very well made. Uh, yeah, Netflix, they're, they're getting a lot better at making their, their documentaries. I, when they first started doing it, man, they were boring to watch. But now I'm just addicted. Uh, they've been attacking a lot of uh, great topics. And to their credit, uh, they've been giving everyone their, uh, I guess, their, their time to express their opinion. And I love it. You know, you know, I don't agree with all the opinions there, but that's what's great about it. They're showing both sides. So in this documentary on Waco, uh, they showed both... Uh, I guess the FBI, the ATF, ATF's opinions, everyone who was involved in there, including the snipers, um, the Branch Davidians themselves, uh, and the documentary's voice, the, the, the director's voice, uh, it was actually absent of the entire uh, um, movie or, or the entire episodes, which is great. And that's what you want when you make a freaking documentary. You don't want Michael Moore to, you know, to come out there with an agenda even even Daily Wire, you know, Daily Wire, the conservative uh, side, Candace Owens and Matt Walsh, they'll make a documentary out there, and it's completely biased. Even though I agree with it, I love it, I love the comedy, uh, but still yet, it is biased. If you want to make an honest documentary, you want to talk to people out there who are not your fans, you have to be very, very honest with others and bring on the opposing opinion. Now, there is a problem because the opposing opinion, a lot of times, uh, they don't want to be, uh, I guess, involved with your opinion, especially liberals, especially hardcore progressive liberals who are scared of a conversation, right? So, I mean, one of the reasons why you know I do my podcast and it's just me talking is that I can't get any liberals, any, any, any person with the opposing opinion on my show. Yeah, I'll bring on Pitmaster Keith. I want to still bring on Movie Guy Keone. Don't worry, he's going to come on one day. But Movie Guy Keone, Pitmaster Keith, and all these other guys who I bring on, for for the most part, they agree with my opinion. And, uh, you know, it'll be nice once in a while to bring on someone whose opinion is different than mine. So maybe I can learn something. Maybe, maybe I can, uh, I can, I can hear a new perspective. And to be honest, I'm always, you know, people think I may be closed-minded, but I'm not. In fact, I'm, I'm one of the most independent thinking people out there that you ever have met. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 the, I'm the most humble person you ever met too, right? <laughs> Extraordinarily humble, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, but, uh, you know, a lot of things, what I do, I'm, I'm a maverick. You know, I don't think in the box. You know, the, the camera that I use for photography is a, is a consumer camera. You know, I'm a professional photographer, professional wedding planner, all, all those different things. I'm even a professional barbecue, apparently. And, uh, you know, I don't do things, 
I guess, you know, the norm. I, I create shortcuts. I have a lot of cheat codes to my life. And uh, yeah, that's just the way I operate. And the reason why I, I operate that way is that I, I hear different opinions. And I, and I would tell, I would literally tell myself, well, that sounds pretty good. And I see the results and I say, you know what? That controversial opinion to, a, to that approach, um, it works. It's easier. Why don't I do it that way? It's simple as that. You know, why don't I just do it that way? Because it'll make my life a lot more simplistic. And, uh, it was like that, you know, when I started screenwriting, I, I didn't go to school for it. I didn't go to film school for it at all. Uh, I didn't have to waste my time on that. I thought, I thought that was a complete waste of time. What, what the hell do you do with a film degree? Right. And, uh, you know, so I learned, I learned it from my friends up there. I, I learned it. I taught myself there. And then my friends said, Hey, you have to learn this Enneagram crap. And, uh, so I did. And I learned a little bit of it. And uh, then I put it to the side for about almost a decade and thought, I didn't need to use it. I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll just free flow because I know I know so much already. I, my, my male ego is that large. And then my friend Chrissy comes and tells me, well, Steve, you know, I'm, I, I use the Enneagram for like uh, self-help. And I said, you know, and she tells me what, what, what type of uh, person I am on, on the Enneagram. And I never thought about that, too. And then all of a sudden, I start learning about it more because she, she gets me involved. And I really dive deep into it this time. And, and then all of a sudden, I realized, you know what my friends were doing way back then about learning about the Enneagram. It, it really helps you more about you learn more about life. And I wish I would have done that when I was a professional screenwriter because maybe my career may have gone farther. But again, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? And I love where I am right now, even though I'm not making as much money. Talking about which, you know, I, I did a last podcast about personal debt. I was very open about my personal debt before, and uh, and, and I'm, <laughs> am I in debt right now? I'm working working my way out of it uh, through the grace of my parents. You know, thank God I have really good parents out there. You know, because uh, that's my privilege. It's not white privilege. It's not Asian privilege. It's a privilege of being born to good parents who have made really good uh, monetary decisions and uh, can make up for for. <laughs> I guess it's not really my fault. Well, I guess it is. I, I got to take ownership for it. But I I believed what the credit card companies were, were telling me, and just just to like uh just to give you a brief overview of what happened uh, earlier is that uh you know when the lockdowns you know first happened uh the you know COVID uh, when the COVID lockdowns first happened here in Hawaii. Uh, the credit card companies came came calling about a couple of weeks uh, after that, and because the lockdowns were going to extend longer than two two weeks, it was four weeks in, and they said, "Hey, do you want to like you know defer your credit card payments till later on until the epidemic ends, or the, the, I'm sorry, the pandemic ends?" And I said, "Yeah, that sounds great because I have no business. I've been refunding a lot of business, and my uh, you know I have no income right now, so this would really help." Little did I know that they would uh, hike up the interest rates about 29% or 30, even 32%. Uh, they don't even know what percentage they, they might get up to, but it compounded every single day. And all of a sudden, a, a small credit card bill of $3,000 on my Chase bill ended up becoming $12,000. 12000 or thirty oh, $13,000 in the course of three years. Holy crap! How the hell did that happen? I, I still can't do the math. I don't, and and uh, you know, for the life of me, they can't even do the math. I you know, I, but I I settled it. I, I got the money from my parents and paying it down now. And then on top of that, so every so they get a profit off every single um, wedding company sell that wedding company. Sorry, wedding booking that I make. 
and that loan is going to be slowly paid off. But at least I don't have to, you know, combat this gigantic interest rate out there. Now, you're probably asking, oh, Steve, you know, don't you have 20, 30,000, you know, lying around with you right now? Honestly, I don't because the wedding business has not been doing good at all. It's, you know, before COVID, things were going, you're getting a little better. After that, you know, when you stop a business and you start it back up again, it's really hard to, for your momentum to, to get going again. Momentum is so much of a key. It's, it's so much of a major ingredient when you start a business or be, or have a business. And if you lose momentum, uh, it's literally like starting a business all over again from square one. And right now, I can honestly say that I feel the momentum. It's still more on the barbecue side, but I do feel the momentum going into our, 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 uh, the wedding side. Uh, but again, this high inflation, uh, the economy's not doing too well. I'm, I'm talking to my other, uh, competitors out there. They're not getting the bookings they want. It's really strange because I own a, I, I own a Facebook group called a Hawaii Wedding Information. And, uh, I have my competitors. My competitors are trying to infiltrate my group to advertise their company. That's how, that's how, um, desperate they are. I mean, these guys are really desperate to pay the bills that they have to pretend to be a bride to infiltrate Hawaii wedding information group on Facebook. Um, so, so they can steal brides away from me. That is cutthroat. That is pretty sleazy, pretty cunning to me, but you know, that's, that just tells you, you know, how, how desperate things are right now. Now, when it comes to barbecue, I'm hoping, you know, we're still working on our barbecue, uh, uh, I guess, grill. And once that barbecue grill gets going and it's all done, uh, we can start cooking 15, 30 briskets a day. And it'll be just great. The, the profit margin is so much better. Um, and it'll just be a lot easier for me because, you know, when I work on a, when, when I do a wedding here in Hawaii, I, I, I also do the photos. I also do the video. And I don't outsource those things. I don't have an AI doing all, all my photo and video retouching or editing for that, for that, uh, for anything. And anyway, and, uh, cause I want, I want my couples to get the quality that they see on the website. I don't want, you know, and I don't want, you know, if you, if you outsource it to India, if you have someone else do it, they're not going to deliver it to my standards. My, my, and my standards, my standards are really, 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 really high. I, I'm a very good photo retoucher. I'm very good at, at manipulating my photos. I'm so good that people don't realize the photos are actually being manipulated. You know, they'll, they'll come back to me and say, wow, this is such a great photo. And that is like the best compliment because they have no idea Oh, you know, that this is actually a, a heavily manipulated photo. I mean, everything in that photo, uh, is the, the computer has touched. Uh, I have touched. I've airbrushed. I have cloned things out there that, that shouldn't be there. The hair is fixed. The makeup is fixed. Uh, their skin looks really, really nice. Baby butt smooth. Uh, I'm sorry, brides, if you're listening to this, your, your skin isn't that smooth as the, it is on the computer. And, uh, you know, I, I remove some plaque on the teeth. If there's like food stuck in there, if there's a booger hanging out of the groom's nose or some of his nose hairs are too long, he didn't shave his nose hairs. I always tell my grooms, shave those nose hairs because I hate touching them up. And, but I do touch it up. And on top of that, if a bride's arms are too big, because I know one thing brides hate are big arms, I make them smaller. I make them smaller. They don't know that I'm making them smaller. And uh, sometimes they say, wow, I love this photo. I love I love that my arms look so small. They're not that small in real life. But I make them small in the photos because, 
if they're not that small in real life and you want small arms, right? You know, uh, the lens will stretch it out even more, even more. Anyway, I got off on a tangent. I'm really sorry that, you know, I didn't want to talk about personal debt. I didn't want to talk about all that kind of stuff for this podcast. Um, what did I want to talk about? Well, you know, I wanted to talk about, um, Donald Trump more. Uh, you know, I know you guys, you know, don't like talking about or hearing about Donald Trump so much, but I, you know, I am a fan. I like his style. I like his economic policies. I think he is the right guy uh, who's going to put this country back on track. Uh, but before I get to that, you know, I just want to tell you about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. No spoilers. You can keep listening. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. That was a pretty good movie. Was it a perfectly written script? No. Uh, my my, I was kind of clenching my teeth every now and then because the jokes weren't really hitting uh, at some point. <laughs> You know, James Gunn, he gets a little too jokey here and there, but, uh, uh it, you know, certain aspects of it just had me gritting my teeth. And, uh, but overall, it was a really, really, really good movie. And, um, I would give it a solid B plus. And, uh, you know, one thing you, you have to, you have to uh, take away from Guardians of the Galaxy, and again, no spoilers, is that, uh, this is a very, the characters in here are very, very interesting. Uh, if we were to take it out, if we were to uh, put these characters on top of the enneagram, right? Which you should do if you're a, if you're an aspiring screenwriter. But every single character is actually a type eight challenger. Now, what is a type eight challenger? You know, for those of you who don't study the enneagram, the the the, um, the the type eight challenger is your Wolverine character. Uh, you know, the, the the guy who the Maverick. You know, Tom Cruise Maverick. Almost every single character that Tom Cruise plays is a type eight. But why don't we just say Wolverine? So these guys are your natural leaders. Your natural, natural, natural leaders. And they, uh, uh and, and they, the, their biggest fear is being weak. Uh, and so they're, they're, they always, uh, come from a, uh, I guess, a, a perspective of strength that you have to have a lot of courage, a lot of strength, and they want others to have that strength and courage that they have naturally. Oh, uh, now what do they fear most? They fear being weak. And, and because, and why do they fear being weak? Because they're very scared that people will take advantage of them. And that's what we see in Guardians of the Galaxy. Almost every single character is a type eight, like a type eight challenger. So they don't follow the rules and you have every single one of them can lead the Guardians, uh, yet they still find a way to, to get along with each other. Now, now, not everyone, like Groot, Groot, I would say is maybe, uh, well, Groot's probably a, a very, very shallow character. Groot's just a tree and, and he's Rocket's sidekick and his, uh, his loyalties expand past I guess rocket into his, his entire his entire uh, I guess family of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So he is loyal to them. So if anything, if you're if we were to put him on the enneagram, he'd be a typical Type Six loyalist. But even then, it's hard to say if he is a loyalist because I don't think he really is. He's just a very very shallow character. So, but anyway, uh, this movie is really really good. It's safe for kids to watch. So if you want to take your kids out there for a really, really good weekend, uh, I would say watch this movie. Uh, do you have to watch the other two movies before you watch this one? Yes, of course. And if you didn't, you're missing out. Uh, I believe the Guardians appeared also in, I think, one of the Spider-Mans, maybe one of the Avengers. Uh, they're, they're all over the place. Uh, but they're, they're, they're kind of like Iron Man, where they'll make cameo appearances in, in a lot of different scenes or, of, of movies. And, uh, 
when they do, they just steal the entire show. They just really, really do. So go see it. It has my highest recommendations. And now let's start talking about Donald Trump. So Donald Trump is up six points over Biden in the latest ABC poll. And ABC polls are, <laughs> why don't we just say this? The ABC poll is slanted toward Democrats. Now, why anyone, you know, you know, to me, I think, honestly, who the hell is, who the hell is voting for Biden, right? I mean, I, and, and that's just my opinion, because, but I, I know a lot of people who are voting for Biden. They think he's doing a great job, and they think every single problem that Biden encounters is a result of Trump, of, of Trump's policies. When, you know, to be honest, I mean, let's, just, let's, let's make it very clear. Everything, everything we're experiencing now, high gas prices, high food prices, high, high everything. Right. I mean, the reason and re the reason why we're possibly going to war with Russia and we're on the verge of World War Three is all because of Joe Biden and his administration. That's the reason. And you and you really have to ask yourself this. You know, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, they both together <laughs> jointly uh, announced their I guess their uh, I guess their um uh, I guess their announcement they're going to be running for the, the Democratic Party nomination for re-election. And, uh, you, you know, to me, you, you, I mean, well, why don't I be very honest with this? I'm trying to put this in very polite words here. What type of person runs for the highest power of office in the entire world without thinking that they're qualified to run it? Now, uh, I, I've got to, now I, I try to, uh, I'll try to explain this to you in the terms that maybe I, maybe I know personally. So every now and then, especially, especially when my company was a lot more popular, um, I guess, I guess maybe it was more, a lot more popular on, on the internet, but I would get phone calls and emails from recent graduates from college, uh, you know, graduates from, from, uh, who had an MBA, their MBA, MBA graduates, and they take a look at my website and they say, wow, I want to work for this guy, Steve Young, and, uh, but I just don't want to work as an employee for them. I want to run his business. I want to skip the bottom, you know, and I want to go right to the top to CEO. So I would get these calls from these kids. Again, they're straight out of college, right? They're, they're, they're green behind the ears, white behind the ears. They're greenhorns, right? And, and they'll, they'll say, well, Steve, you know, I, I really think you're doing some things wrong with your company, but I, I know I am the person to take your company to the next level. I said, okay, so you can come here and intern, right? So no, 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 no. I want to run your company for you. And I said, as what position? And they said, well, as chief executive officer. So right out of college, they're coming to me and telling me that they're going to run my company better than me. Now, uh, uh, maybe they can, maybe they can, but, but I asked them, well, uh, let me ask you, uh, do you know anything about wedding photography? They'll answer, no. Well, do you know anything about video, wedding videography? They said, no. Have you ever worked in a wedding before? No. Have you ever worked in movie production before? No. What have you done? Well, I have an MBA. I said, I don't care that you have an MBA. What have you done? I don't care about your college degree. I said, have you done anything in production that would help with wedding production? 
Because again, movie production, wedding production, it's almost the same thing, right? Or even event production, have you put on an event? Or even a mixer, have you put on your own, you know, school mixer, your college mixer, or something like that? And they would say no. So what makes you, you know, think that you're eligible or even capable of running my business? And they're, and they're like, uh, they don't know what to say other than, well, I just graduated with an MBA and I'm more than qualified, even though they're not qualified. So fast forward to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. You know, what makes them think that they're capable of running our country? What do they know about foreign relations right now, right? What do they know about how to get our economy on track because they've never owned a business before? How, you know, how would they know how to speak the, the, the language of an entrepreneur if they're never, if they've never been an entrepreneur, if they never had to, you know, sign the back of a check or the front of the check? I'm sorry. They never had to sign the front of the check before to meet payroll. You know, you know, how do you know? They don't know. They don't know. So how, how are they qualified? And I always ask this, this of like a lot of people, even Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis wants to run for our president, right? I'm sure he does. But other than being a good guy and knowing, you know, you know, I guess, I guess the, the theory of business, right? He's never ran a business himself. You know, he's never even had the opportunity to run a business into the ground. You know, I, I've had, a, I've had the opportunity to run a business into the ground. My, my first business, I ran into the ground and I had to file for bankruptcy, right? And you learn a lot from that. You learn a lot about bankruptcy, what not to do, who not to trust, and all these different types of things. And sometimes you repeat the same mistakes because you just trust a lot of people. But Ron DeSantis has not, not even had that opportunity. So what does Ron DeSantis is? Well, I have this theory. Like, what well, you, you, people have asked him, how are you going to turn around the economy? He says, well, with strong conservative principles. That's his answer. With strong conservative principles, we will turn around this economy. You ask Donald Trump, how are we going to turn around this economy? And he will say, well, first of all, oil prices are too high. We have to get oil prices higher by allowing people to drill more. Once that happens, we have to, we have to attack all of our trade deals against because they're, re they're getting renegotiated under Biden. And we have to bring you know, your jobs back to America again because they're leaving America. We have to increase border security. And he'll go on all of this very, 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 very specific. And, and you know, here's, here's the very strange thing is that a lot of politicians don't want to hear that because they just want to give lip service and not answers. Even Mike Pence, Mike Pence, I used to like Mike Pence. He doesn't know it. He doesn't know it. But Donald Trump will give you very, very precise answers. Imagine if I came to a, a, a client came to, to me and asked, well, how are we going to plan this perfect wedding? I said, well, we're just going to follow conservative principles. And that's the answer. And they say, well, we actually want to have, we actually want to have a, a sunset wedding. Which beach is really, really great? I said, well, in theory, we're going to actually take a look at the beaches and choose the best one. No, they want to know which beach, what time it's going to be at, and then, you know, what time they should show up there to get the best photos. And, you know, whether or not we can have chairs or archways or all those different types of things there and be very specific about it. You know, be very, very specific. Ron DeSantis, Mike Pence, all the other Republicans, including the Democrats on the Democrat side, they have no idea how to be specific. But Donald Trump does. And that's why he's got my vote. And that's why you should vote for him too. Because he knows what he's talking about.
Now, he may be a little bit rough around the edges, but what do you expect for a guy who worked in the construction industry, who lived in New York for his entire life. He's a New Yorker who worked in the construction industry, and all of a sudden, you expect him to have a mouth of an angel. You know, I would rather, you know, one thing I liked about Donald Trump is that you knew where he stood all the time. You knew where he was coming from. He never, he never lied to you. He never, ever lied to you. No matter what the press says out there, he never, ever, ever lied to you. He would say, he would say, you know, some some dumb things, and so you say some very intelligent things, and then you would say very intelligent things, and then then the press would interpret it as stupid things when they they weren't when they weren't really stupid. And every single thing he said ended up being true. Remember that one time where he he actually got in office, and then he said, and he said right away, the Obamas. Hillary, they're spying with FBI. They're spying on me. Even I said, man, that is stupid. Really, that is no proof. And he said, there's, there's 100% proof there. And guess what? Now in hindsight, they were spying on him. And they were spying on him because, oh, they said, oh, they thought, you know, he may be colluding with Russia. But who was colluding with Russia? <laughs> it was Hillary Clinton and the FBI. So Hillary Clinton and the FBI were colluding with Russia. And then they were, and then they impeached. They tried to impeach Trump for colluding with Russia when they're the actually ones, the ones who are colluding with Russia and try to overturn the elections by getting the help of the Russians. How do you like that? How do you like that? You know, when I watched that show, Waco, it just showed to me how corrupt the FBI, uh, you know, has been way before Trump. You know, way before Trump. And they're, they, they have, the blood of all those, you know, Branch Davidians. Now, the Branch Davidians were not the most sane people. Okay. They thought David Koresh was God. And, you know, the Branch Davidians there, a lot of them, a lot of them, like there, there are kids there. You know, David Koresh was technically a pedophile. I mean, he is a pedophile. He slept with very young kids, 10 years old, 13 years old, sick puppy, right? Uh, but on top of that, though, he did that with the parentals, the parents' consent. And it was really weird because he would break up a lot of marriages, sleep with the wives, and the husbands would be kind of okay with it. They'd be 100% okay with it because they thought David Koresh was the Messiah and that the Messiah was ordering them to do this. And even the wife thought that sleeping with David Koresh would allow them to communicate with the Messiah or even God even more. Now, sounds insane to me. I think it is insane, but they weren't hurting anyone other than themselves. And they were living in peace here over in Texas. And here comes ATF saying, whoa, you're you're making a lot of guns that you're not supposed to guns. You're making like, you know, quote unquote, assault rifles into automatic machine guns. And you're actually making grenades and all that. Okay, maybe they are, but they're posing no danger to anyone. And and lo and behold, they actually, you know, try to serve a warrant to them and they you know, they get shot, they get killed because they try to break into their, into their compound. And all of a sudden, now they're saying, well, you killed four of our agents. Now you guys are wanted for murder. And that's a serious charge. Well, wait a minute. You know, you come to their compound with, and you start shooting at their compound. And all of a sudden, they can't shoot back. That, that, that's, that's a pretty good question, right? You know, imagine if the police showed up at your house. For no reason whatsoever, right? They just had a suspicion. 
they just had a suspicion, and that's the way they're going to serve a warrant. You know, it's a, a search warrant by showing up with tons of guns, like you know, like they were talking about fifty ATF agents, all heavily armored with body body armor, and they're going to show up and then shoot inside your house first. That's how they're going to serve the warrant. <laughs> I don't think so. And then all of a sudden, they they get killed doing that, assaulting you, and they're saying, "Whoa, whoa, you killed four of our guys. Uh, you guys murdered our, you. You guys murdered us." And now we're going to come in there with a tank and we're going to kill all you guys. But it really wasn't our fault. That's the FBI for you. That's the ATF for you. That's the federal government for you. Screwing up everything. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the things that are, they're still doing now. And, and it's not, it's not on the up and up. I can tell you that they tried to manip, they, they, they are the ones who manipulated the 2016 elections. They're the ones who actually actually manipulated the 2020 elections because they kept the Hunter Biden story from going public. They used, they pressured social media to censor a lot of information out there. In fact, they pressured social media to censor a lot of good information about COVID out there. So now we're looking at the FBI, the federal government, really taking away your freedom of speech and their, and their, collaborating with the Democrats trying to control your freedom of speech and then they have the audacity to tell you that they're here to preserve democracy. Joe Biden and and his federal cohorts, right, his federal minions are here to save democracy by censoring you from things that they feel they don't want you to hear, which is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So on other news, why don't we skip? Why don't we skip to some other news right now? So I'm hearing that Tucker Carlson is uh, he, he's going to go ballistic with Fox News. So Fox News, you know, I I thought Fox News was, you know, I thought Fox News was was on the up and up, but they, but they started. Uh, I've been using that word a lot lately on the up and up, but then uh, anyway, I. You know, I, I really thought they're on the good side of like, uh, I guess the fight, but they're really not. What they're, what they've done to, to Tucker Carlson, I think is, is almost sacrilegious. They fired Tucker Carlson because they disagreed with his journal, his, I guess his opinion. And, uh, I'm not sure where it started, but it's obvious that they didn't, they wanted Tucker Carlson out of there and Tucker Carlson, you know, did not agree with being off there. He likes giving his opinion. And I, I, I think he was blindsided by this. So what happens is that now, you know, they're releasing a lot of, you know, I guess, uh, um, hot mic sessions when you know, the cameras are not rolling. Well, they actually are rolling, but it's not live on air. And they're releasing a lot of this footage to, to, to try to destroy his, his um, I guess, his integrity. That is just horrible. You know, all of these hot mic moments are out there and they're really not that bad. They're really, 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 they're really not even bad at all. Like not even close to being bad. It just goes to show you that Tucker Carlson is human and they're trying, they want you to think that humor off air or him saying the F word or something off air or, or making quote unquote misogynistic, uh, I guess, uh, comments because he called one girl yummy. Said, wow, she, he thought that girl looked kind of yummy, which is another saying that, oh, she feels attractive, but he used the word yummy. That is misogynistic. You can't call a girl or compliment her on her looks. So you can't call her ugly and you can't call her yummy. <laughs> really? 
So, I mean, where, where is the win-win here, right? There's nothing. You just lose-lose. <laughs> so, and then on top of that, we're learning that Fox News right now, technically, so they, they take Tucker off the air, but his contract still extends until um, after 2024, after the election. So, they still have control over Tucker. And during this time, they're, they're, they also say that he cannot compete with a competitive network. He has a non-compete clause in there, which, by the way, is unconstitutional. Uh, they really don't hold up in court. So that should, he, he should be able to strike that down pretty easily. Uh, I mean, if you, if you, um, if, if you, there are, there are a lot of non-compete clauses out there, but every single one of them, by the way, is completely fraudulent. Uh, this is America. You have the right to pursue, I guess, whatever career path you want. You know, so, so say, for example, if I have a pit master and I have, and, and I teach him everything I know, I, I can, I can have him sign, sign something, say he cannot uh, disclose my, my secrets to them. That's fine. But if I say you can't compete and join a, join like a, a competing barbecue, that would be taking away his livelihood. And that's what Fox News, you know, is trying to do. do. And, and that's what a lot of companies try to do. But, um, I believe like the, the tech workers over in the, I guess, you know, in Amazon or in Google and all those other areas, the gig workers who work from contract to contract to contract, uh, these other tech companies tried to put non-compete causes in there. They ended up suing and non-compete causes became null and void. So if you have one, don't worry about it. It's pretty easy to win that. So I think Tucker, Tucker Carlson should be easy to win that because, you know, if they have, if, if they try to enforce it, that means Tucker Carlson won't even be able to make a YouTube channel, you know, and then what, and what they want to do is they, they want Tucker Carlson on the sidelines until after the election because Tucker Carlson, he's a Donald Trump boy. You know, they're trying to say that Tucker Carlson is not a Donald Trump boy. No, Tucker Carlson's all in it for Donald Trump. Now, maybe in the spur of the moment, you know, he may have said that he really dislikes what Donald Trump is doing right now, but that's just in a spur of the moment. You know, a lot of people can say something, man, I hate this guy right now. You know, you can say those things. I bet some of you even have said about the people you love, but you don't mean it overall. This is just something you've said because you're passionately angry. And, uh, and, and, and that, and that's all. So right now, Tucker Carlson, I believe, is going to try to sue to get out of his contract. And we'll see what happens after that. I've heard that he wants to open up, um, I guess his own network. Um, I also heard that Newsmax has offered him full control over all the programming and his own show, plus pretty good money. That would be pretty interesting. So we'll see what happens. But he, but apparently, through all what I've read, is that he wants to actually uh, get on air back again as soon as possible. Uh, I, there's a lot of things right now that are happening that he wants to probably commentate on. And, uh, and uh, you know, with the contract that he, he has right now, he can't even create a podcast like me. So his it, it, almost like his freedom of speech is taken away from him, uh, I guess, from Fox News. Isn't that interesting? And th that's why it's so, your, your First Amendment right, your, your, your freedom to even operate, his skill as a, as a person who just loves to give his opinion out there, a, a professional commentator, you're taking that skill, his livelihood away from him, which is 
you know, his also pursuit of happiness. These are his First Amendment rights. And uh, Fox News, no contract can ever take away your constitutional rights. So he has a case there. All right, people, it's 35 minutes in. It's 2.45 a.m. in the morning. I got to get to bed. I got to wake up early. I got to start editing these wedding videos. So uh, thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you want wedding photos, you want to get your wedding here in Hawaii, you can always give me a call at 808-479-0685. Visit my website at dreamweddingshawaii.com. Hey, even if you're a crazy liberal, if you can handle me, you know, don't worry. I don't, I'm a nice guy. I'm a really nice guy. You know, I, I joke around a lot, but, you know, I'm not crazy, crazy, crazy. Us Trump guys were nice guys. But if you want to book me, fine. You know, I won't bring up politics. And, uh, yeah, but I'll do really, a really good job on your wedding. Really good family photo. I'm a really good family photo photographer, too. So, anyway. I'm out of here. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this podcast, share it. Share it with uh, some people out there. Let's get this podcast going because, uh, you know, did I tell you, did I tell you that I got demonetized maybe about a, a couple years ago? And, you know, this podcast, this podcast was going viral. It really, really was. And then what did I do? What did I do? I gave my opinion on abortion. And all of a sudden, Spotify thought, oh, I got to censor this guy because this guy is completely, you know, against abortion. I am. I really, really, really am. I really, really am. You know what? I'm going to keep this podcast going, going right now because I want to, I want to chime in on something here because, uh, you know, I guess I was reading in the Bible the other day and they were talking about child sacrifice. It was pretty interesting. Child sacrifice. And I thought, well, you know, child sacrifice, you know, that's horrible when you think about it. But you read about in the Bible, these people, you know, sacrificed their children because they weren't, they wanted their career, I guess, to advance. And, and why did they do it? Why, why did they do it? Because they said they just weren't ready. They weren't ready. Now, what, what was it? What does that sound like? That, that sounds like what a woman says, well, I know I'm pregnant, but I'm not ready for this baby right now. I have to focus on my career. So they're going to kill the baby. So they kill the baby. That's sacrificing your baby for your career. And why do they feel sorry about it after? It's because they just sacrificed their baby for their career. It's the same thing. I've met so many uh, women who, after they got an abortion, feel so bad. feel really, really bad. There's a sense of emptiness. They know. They know that they killed a child. You know, there's this, uh, there's this woman, I'm not going to name her name, but she's a celebrity. Um, she's got, she had gotten, uh, I guess, uh, multiple abortions and she became a very, 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 very prominent celebrity, uh, a very, very good one too in her craft. She's not an actress, just to let you know. Um, uh, but all of a sudden she's now she's taking, uh, you know, IVF to try to get pregnant and she's been doing it for about 10 years or so. And her, and her body's rejecting it. You know, she's, she can't get pregnant because she's, she's gotten so many abortions. And, um, you know, like she shouldn't be, again, I'm not saying she's punished and all that, but when you get an abortion, you know, when you sacrifice your child for your career, your body starts thinking, well, you know, you, you, you don't want to be pregnant, so we're not going to get you pregnant. You know, you can try all the miracles of, of uh, technology and all, everything like that. It's just not going to happen for you. And it's sad. It's really, 
really, really sad. And all, and all she wants to do is to raise a child right now because she's ready, but she had her time already. She had, she may have had her moment when she was in her, in her twenties, right? And that life that, that she, uh, that she mistakenly, you know, gotten pregnant, maybe not by their best guy, maybe, maybe by a horrible guy. Uh, and she was not going to, maybe if she would have taken that baby, she would have not been where she was in her career. But she had said that, I, I remember her saying this, that she's one of the things that she's always wanted to be ever, ever in her, in her entire life, more than her career, was to be a mom. And now it looks as though it's not going to happen. She may have to adopt, which is also a good thing, but it's sad. And that's what happens when you sacrifice your child, you know, for your career. It's just one of those things. And for, for myself saying that, I may be, I guess, demonetize more. <laughs> so, anyway all right people i'm out of here it's 2 50 a.m thank you so much for listening bye bye